The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Let some things be retrograde. Um, we're back. Hi. Is this thing on? This is That's a Retrograde. In case you thought you were about to listen to a Janet Jackson song, you're wrong. <laughs> um, this is Stephanie Sambari and Elizabeth Cott of That's a Retrograde. Hi. Hi. Hey, Elizabeth. Sorry, I just said your name for you. I got really excited. No, I, I actually really loved it. I want you to do that moving forward. This is my wife, Elizabeth mind. Cott. Hello, friends. Hello. Reporting for duty. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, I'm so stoked about this episode because this is something that we have been talking about for a long time today. We are talking about the neuroscience of the ways in which we engage with our phone, with Tommy Sobel. And, you know, this is an ongoing issue. When we did this interview, Elizabeth and I had both been off Instagram, I think, for maybe 30 days or more. Mm-hmm. And both of us have recently made our return to the interwebs. And I'm still, I still feel as though my brain has little to no power over what Tommy was describing as far as like the colors are concerned. And yeah. that's why I've, instead of trying to combat that, just taken to posting and ghosting because I surrender. The post and ghost. Yeah, I think, you know what is so interesting? So Tommy is a digital habits coach. And he's a founder of this grassroots movement that's called Brick, which is for people motivated to develop healthier relationships with their screens and social media. So what I appreciate is he's not saying don't use it, but I think what's so important is that we acknowledge, you know, tech is a drug. I just started watching uh, there's a doc that just came out on Netflix, guys, that's called The Social Dilemma that I think couples so perfectly with this episode in that it's a bunch of people um, who've been working in tech and took part in developing this technology coming forward and saying, hey, guess what? Social media is a drug. It's designed to keep you engaged. Obviously, you guys know Steph and I are not anti-drug, but we are very in favor of having healthy relationship with whatever drug you so may choose. You know what I always say about drugs? You can always if take everything's more. everything's okay you in can, moderation? No. You can always take more. You can never take less. Yes. And I think that perfectly applies with tech and social media and screens. And you know, when we did our 30 days off social media, I still was having to be on my screen. I wasn't able to fully, fully disconnect. And even though I'm not spending my time scrolling, there is a considerable amount of time that I spend on my screen. And so really 
those 30 days was such an amazing way to assess behavior and take a step back. And now I think I might have might be like reworking re- the relationship with social media in a really healthy way. But like the other stuff now I'm able to look at, too. It's a really deep conversation. There's a lot of levels there. So we feel like Tommy just like popped out of the sky and came forth in such an important way for us. In a very, in a very uh, synced moment. So I think we should just without further ado, um, cut to that conversation because I think you and I could just opine and reflect on this forever and forever. And I've been so, we had this conversation with him a few weeks ago. I've been so, so excited to release it. So without further ado, bye. So digital wellness expert, please describe. Well, first, thanks for having me on on the show. I feel very glad that we get to speak on this subject and you both, I love, I love your show and what you're doing. And it's so great to be able to share what I'm so interested in with you and your your audiences. So thank you. I came from a film background. I worked in in the film industry at a, at a film studio and I was the junior executive in the digital department. So I was tasked to explore what is this studio going to do beyond film and TV? Like, what are we going to do on Snapchat? What are we going to do on Instagram and, and uh, YouTube? And I just had to do a ton of work on my phone to the point where it was creating a problem with my productive lifestyle and my mental health. And I would check my phone first thing in the morning. I would check it last thing at night. I would check it while driving. I would wake up in the middle of the night just to check my phone, like for no specific reason. And I just wasn't in control of my habits. And I wanted to perform at my job. I wanted to be great and prove myself and make something happen. And there's just literally an infinite amount of things that I could learn about and, and people to be connected to. And it was just so overwhelming that I realized it was making me anxious and irritable and that no matter how hard I tried, I, I couldn't catch up. I couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. You know, I could, everything was moving faster than I could move. And so I was just kind of like floundering. So that's the bad news. The good news is I, I have a background in neuroscience and I worked with neuroscientists at Duke University and UCLA for a number of years. And so I understood how the brain worked and how behaviors were formed and how behaviors could be reformed. And so I basically just started applying some of these basic techniques that I knew to myself and I started feeling better and I started feeling more productive and more in control. And so I started sharing it with a few other people, a few friends, and it started working for them too. And so I came up with the basic concept of brick, which is, can you turn your phone into a brick for an hour a day and do something meaningful to you in the real world? And that kind of just blew up, kind of grew into this community of people who vibed with that idea of getting off the grid for their own mental health or for their own productivity and turned into a community um, of people that benefited from it. Quick break from our sponsor, Thrive Market. This is one tech. This is the best thing that the internet has offered us in as long as I can remember. It is a fully online wholesale healthy grocery and just market in general. You guys have heard of us talk about them for years. They were our first 
manifest sponsorship ever because we have been using them for longer than we have been talking about them as a partner. And that is one of our favorite things, World Collides. So Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. So I'm in Michigan right now and I was, you know, anytime I'm going anywhere out of state, anytime I'm visiting any place, I always have a Thrive Market box that I've have meeting me at my location. And what's so fun is when I'm visiting my folks, I get to, you know, turn them on to fun little discoveries. Like I got my mom a bunch of the stasher bags from Thrive because those are my absolute favorite discovery. Trying to get plastic free in my kitchen and thought mom and dad need that too. So Seth, what is, what's one thing that you're loving from Thrive right now? I know it our the boxes we order have multiple things in it, so it's hard to pick just one. But well, I mean, I'm not. I can't even really say one thing. I'm just like such a snack person, and like I'll go to like an organic grocery store in LA and buy like so many snacks and spend my life savings. And I feel like with Thrive, I get like double the amount of things for half the price, and that's kind of just my favorite part in general. Is that like I know that I'm not spending my life savings on Mission Figs. And Thrive Market is good for you, as we said, and the planet. Orders of 49 or more are shipped for free and delivered with carbon neutral shipping from their zero waste warehouses. And if we already don't love them enough, when you join, you give back through their Thrive Gives, their one-for-one membership matching program. Every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family. Oh, I love them. Love them so much. So go to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde. Join today. You'll get a free gift for choosing up to $24 in value. Those gifts are always amazing and I'm discovering new stuff. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash retrograde to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Can you speak on a neuroscientific level to why we are addicted to our phones? Because that's like the, that's like the center of the issue, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So first it does require an understanding. Um, and it's, it is, it does get pretty complicated quickly, but at its most basic, you can think of the brain and habits as two main parts. The, The one part of your mind is the thinking mind. And that's like the, CEO of your brain. That's like the command center. And then the other part of your brain is the reward system. And the reward system is 5 million years old. It's subconscious and it only has one mission. And that mission is to reward you for things that help you survive. So like 5 million years ago when we were tribal Neanderthals and we were walking through a forest and we saw a blueberry bush finding that blueberry and eating that blueberry would taste good and would help us survive. And so our reward system would give us dopamine, which is like a pleasure chemical. And it's, it's a motivator to then go find that bush again. Mm-hmm. So every time you would actually even go near that bush, the reward system would then give you a little spike of dopamine to remember to trigger you. Oh, let's go check out that bush. Maybe there's no blueberry, new blueberries. And so that was amazing because that got us through, you know, centuries of, of struggling against monkeys, I think. And, and then, um, <laughs> it, was, it was chaotic out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it, was rough. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Uh, and so today we just have all of these things in our lives that give us that dopamine that don't actually 
help us survive. And many of those things are on our phones where we get a hit of dopamine every time we get a new email or a new follow or a new like. And, and it's basically been designed to be addictive. So it's gotten to the point where we're being overstimulated by dopamine through our devices. And so our reward center is in control. And the problem with the two parts of our brain is that only one half can be in control at one time. So if we're constantly stimulating our reward center, the thinking mind becomes weakened. The thinking mind loses control. So even though you don't want to check Instagram because you checked it five minutes ago, your thinking mind's not in control. It's your reward center that's in control. So you're going to check it anyway. Even though you don't want to check your phone while driving or while you're with friends over a dinner, you're still going to check your phone because you, you have what we call low conscious control, where your thinking mind has been muted and your reward system is, is owning you by, by this impulse, this compulsion. So on the, the reward, like the way that they design it, as you were saying, like it's designed to be addictive. Can you speak to the reason, and I'm obsessed with this, I keep talking about it, but like, can you speak to the reason why when, when I turn it off of like the crazy LED lights and the colors and all the stuff, and I just put it on black and white, it becomes a completely uninteresting thing that's completely utilitarian. Nothing is being stimulated. And yes, it's annoying because like photos on my phone are boring and I can't tell what they look like until I send them to myself on my computer, but it's worth it for like, because I know that I don't have any control over that addiction. Yeah. So when you see, think of like Vegas, Vegas is designed to put you in that reward center control. It's like they were the pioneers of overstimulating you with dopamine. And so what do they do? They have all these pretty colors. They have all these sounds of clinking and vibrations. Carpet and shampoo. Freezing cold air. <laughs> that's yeah. what I think of when I think of Vegas, but that's just me. Yeah. No clocks. Crazy right? like allergies actually, from the chemicals they're pumping into the... Cigarette casinos. smoke. Yeah. Free drinks. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We're really smart. Hookers. And, and so you... <laughs> all of that designed to put you in that in that overstimulated you know, reward system state. And, and what we've learned is that For example, the color red, which is what all of our notifications are, they're they're red because that heightens the dopamine response. The color red actually more than any other colors increases what they call the galvanic skin response. So it increases your arousal. And again, arousal is not necessarily like sexual arousal. It's like anything that that riles you up. And, And so that's also why stop signs are red. Like stop signs are red because... They want you to pay attention to it. They want you to stop. And so the color red just gives you a sense of urgency. Like, oh, I need to pay attention to this. And so, so that plus just all of these, these colors makes you want to pay attention to it. It heightens that, that dopamine response. And so that's why when you put your phone on grayscale, they're, they're literally putting fewer hooks in you. Yeah, and mm, so that's what it feels like. Still- yeah, you maintain that conscious control. Yep. Your thinking mind is able to be like, I actually don't want to scroll on Instagram right now because I'm trying to get this email out. All right, guys, let's take a quick beat to say hello to one of our new partners. We're so excited because we love anything CBD related, guys. We are talking about Beam. Beam is a company that was founded by two ex-professional athletes. 
on the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. They are on a mission to empower people to push their limits and pursue their passions by improving their physical and mental state. Whether you're an athlete, an entrepreneur, a busy parent, or a weekend warrior, or just possibly someone living through a global pandemic, I don't know. Life's pretty crazy. We need to be able to relax and we need to be able to reset our bodies to take on these current challenges. 0% THC, all CBD, zero psychoactive effects, and it's broad spectrum, which means that there are other natural compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes that help support the benefits of the CBD. Okay, so they have a wide variety of products. They have two things that I'm interested in and also... Actually, you know what? I'm all about all of their products. So they have their dream capsules and that is for sleep. So this is their most popular capsule that boasts sleep promoting compounds. So you can get more restful sleep. So there's magnesium, reishi, melatonin, L-theanine, and beam nano CBD. So you'll take two capsules 30 minutes before bed, and then you'll get lulled into a restful restorative sleep. Then they also have a powder for sleep which is like a hot chocolatey thing that helps your mind and body wind down for a better night's sleep, which I I love. I'm a big wine drinker, but sometimes when I drink wine, it actually doesn't make me sleep well. It makes me sleepy, but then it kind of keeps me up. So I love to replace my wine habit with a warm beverage. And I think this is the perfect thing. It has cacao, cinnamon, melatonin, magnesium, reishi, L-theanine, and the CBD. And you put one scoop in your favorite warm milk, or hot water, and then you drink before you go to bed, cozy up with the dream blends. Um, then they also have a recovery. You can buy like a four pack where you get the the full the full spectrum of the company. They have balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. Check out their website. It's really, really cool. They've broken it down into benefit for the CBD, into categories, tinctures, powders, topicals, capsules. You can get a sample pack. They're very transparent. They're very cool. And we're so excited that they are part of the TSR universe. So if you are looking for another CBD to uh, help you get through these wild times, um, head over to beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. And use the promo code retrograde for 15% off. Also, the founders are pretty hot. So we're about that life. Uh, Let's take it back to the show. Also, like when you go on Instagram after you haven't been on Instagram for a month and your phone's in grayscale, every single person on Instagram seems mentally ill. You're like, this is insane. Why would you I do feel that? <laughs> and we have a lot of friends that are influencers and this is no shade to their hustle at all. But I truly believe that people who spend the majority of their time on Instagram are playing with mental illness. I agree. They're doing something that, and there's, this isn't, a slight mental illness. I think you're, you're opening yourself up to something that is psychologically impacting you in a really detrimental way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's research with that too. It's, it's, it's anecdotal and we're seeing it with, with people, especially today where we're living these screen fueled lives. But even before the pandemic, like heavy internet users were five times more likely to suffer from depression. And loneliness. And they, they qualify a happy internet user as someone who just is on it for five hours a day. So like, that's a lot. If that's your business, let's say you work an eight hour day, but you're a YouTuber or something like you're now a heavy internet user. And 
we're basically replacing our real world experiences with these experiences through screens and the people that are able to make money on it, like great for them, but there's a consequence. Yeah. It's like, I, I like to use the example, imagine that you're like the best pastry chef in the world. And so you're like surrounded by the tastiest pastries. Most pastry chefs in that scenario would be fat because they'd be eating their own pastries, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they would just be gaining weight. And that's, that's kind of like what, it's like junk food. The, the, the goal is to be able to enjoy, is to be able to basically be the skinny chef. Like how can you surround yourself with all these amazing things that technology has to offer but instead of consuming it breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like just having it for dessert. And, and so that's, that's, I think, the, the work here with a lot of the creators that I work with is there's this feeling that, oh, like I feel this obligation to be on, always on. Like my job's 24-7. I don't have a nine to five. I'm always hustling. I'm always grinding. I'm always working, trying to build my brand and my follow, you know, engagement and all that stuff. And like, there's a reason why there's like inhale and exhale and when the sun comes up and the sun comes down, like why we wake and we sleep, like we have to actually carve out the time to turn off and slow down for our mental health. And it's even more essential for the people who work on social media to carve out that screen-free time for their own creativity and, and, and to prevent those feelings of, of loneliness and, and overwhelm. It's also physical health as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just to say. It's really important that you're speaking to this because I think that obviously with the technological revolution, everything happens so much quicker. And we kind of are finding ourselves in this place, whereas other things that give us a similar dopamine hit, like uh, drugs, for instance, like we're, gr- we're brought up being told that they're bad, right? We're, yeah. we're told when that they're we actually command- so fun. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, but we're like told to be careful and manage yeah. our relationship with them. There has never been, especially for our generation who kind of got computers kind of came around when we were in elementary school and we've really grown up with the development of that. We haven't had, there's been very minimal conversations or even studies around the repercussions that screen time has on our mental health or, you know, our ability to live a full life, like all of these things. It's just, it's not being spoken about in a way that honors how important it is. Especially now people spending so much more time like on Zooms and stuff. Like I feel like it's more out of control than ever out of necessity in a good way, but also in a way that is I think affecting people unconsciously and potentially will yield negative results in the future. All right, guys, we are shouting out another partner that we are obsessed with. Um, We are talking Parsley Health. Now, if you haven't visited Parsley Health yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Guys, Parsley is an incredible functional medicine portal, which can be accessed either in person or online. And they design their site and they design their program to solve your most persistent health problems and heal your body from the inside out. 
So it is a holistic approach and they have 97% of their members improving their symptoms and 77% reducing their need for prescriptions within one year. This is so incredible as six out of 10 American adults are living with chronic conditions and also don't know where to look for a functional medicine doctor because a lot of places, you know, that's not really accessible. So they've made it 100% accessible. You can have online consultations. You can get your blood work. You can send it to them. They give you a whole bunch of time to learn and and excavate where you need to heal. Um, They have a whole body approach that uses the best of functional and conventional medicine. Plus, they create a personalized care plan to create your individualized health plan, health plan that focuses on nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress management, and more. When we spoke to them in the beginning, I was just so excited that this was something that was becoming accessible for people that weren't just living on the coasts or living in cities where this type of thing is available because we all deserve access to vitality and to health and at a good price, which they also offer. So if you or someone you love is looking to improve their health or is on a bunch of medication and isn't really finding their way out of it or is on a, you know, hamster wheel of chasing symptoms and not really ever getting to the root, I think that parsley would be an incredible option. So head over to parsleyhealth.com. That's P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com. Use code retrograde and you become a member and you will get a free trial and then you will get $50 off your year-long membership at parsleyhealth.com, code retrograde. Um, Check it out. It's really, really revolutionary and very, very cool. Let's get back to the show. First of all, screens won, right? Like we were fighting screens. Now it's all we got. So we have to live... We have to live in this yeah, world. Screens won. Point screens. screens won. Yeah. <laughs> world like, War Three against the humans. A, we were fighting them. We thought real world could win, but no. Screens won. The pandemic made that made that official. So living in this in this tech fueled screen focused world, in some ways, this is a good thing. Well, I guess the pandemic is kind of making everything cha- changing. So many scenarios that are sometimes really good and, and then surprisingly bad. But one of the things is now we're actually using our computers and social media to actually connect more face to face. So like, I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, but like six months ago, most of my calls would be phone calls or they would be like an email. But like, because people are so starved for connection, we're all now defaulting to video chat. And, and we always had FaceTime. We always had Zoom. We always had Google Meet. But now we're choosing this, this face-to-face time because we really, there is value in that. And that gets to one of the points that, that I share in my coaching is that you want to basically use technology and text messaging for connection, but not conversation. And so, so that's like, if you're, if you're trying to have a conversation with someone over text or, or by email, maybe even you're, you're basically when you're, when you're communicating with someone like we are right now face to face, even though we're not in person, I'm seeing your facial expressions. You're, you're seeing, uh, you're hearing the tone of my voice. There's a pauses. You, you can actually hear if I'm smiling and there's literally thousands of inputs 
that we're exchanging live. Like it's, there's a temporal synchronicity, they call it. And so it's that, that's what we have evolved with. We've evolved with body language and these, these facial expressions. And so when you're communicating just through text, you're trying to like give all of that, trying to communicate all that through a tiny straw. And you're only giving the opportunity, you're losing tone of voice, you're losing all of these inputs that you would get. And so it's very surface. And so you leave these texting conversations feeling, feeling unfulfilled. You don't really feel like you're making a deep connection with, with anybody. And also a text conversation never really has a beginning, middle, and an end. Like we're chatting, this call is going to be over and there's closure there. If you're asking someone like, hey, how was your day yesterday? And you have these back and forths, you could have literally hundreds of conversations that are open tabs that you're never really quite sure you're finishing. And that is stressful. That increases the stress response. And what we know from neuroscience, from studies, is that when you're stressed out, when your stress response is high, you're more likely to act out and do the things that you don't want to do. So can you talk to us like about what would it look like for someone to kind of become your client? Because I know you also call yourself a phone smart coach and I'm very interested in, you know, what that would look like because it's true. Like I can't not have my phone on grayscale. I don't have the mental like tools to control it otherwise. And I feel like that's where you come in. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So what, what I do is I help high achieving people break their bad phone habits and supercharge their productivity by reducing their screen time. Typically what we do is we pick one behavior that they're trying to change. And most commonly that's checking your phone when you're trying to focus on something more important. So checking your phone when you're in a Zoom podcast or not, clearly none of us would do that, but uh, checking your phone. Me six months ago would have been checking my phone. Yeah. Well, like me, yeah, me before this, I, w- I had the worst, worst habits. So yeah, so I'm just saying, like it happens. So we get an understanding of what your bad phone habits are, and then the brick, me- sorry, the phone smart method is a three step process where I, I basically one at a time we go through a series of exercises, and I teach you how to increase your conscious control. So we haven't um, we talked about it a little bit, but. Conscious control is the objective of the game. And I define conscious control as the ability to say no to an unwanted behavior. So when you can't finally put down your phone, when you want to focus on work without needing to be on grayscale or without switching to a flip phone, like some people have been doing or, or deleting their social media during the week and then redownloading it on the weekends, that's, you're able to Basically, you're putting control back into the thinking mind so that you have agency and you can use it. And ultimately, the goal is for you to love your phone again, like for it to be your best friend and your ally that helps you reach your goals and be as productive as possible. And so I love that because remember when we first got iPhone, we were like, oh, my God, it can do everything. And it's like the coolest thing. That's what we, exactly. <laughs> and now and that's, it's like the devil. That's the world that we need to recreate yeah. like together ourselves. And own your phone. Don't let it own you. That's right. You bought it. You went <laughs> yeah, to the Apple store. I yeah. love the idea of the phone like coming to our house and be like, I pick this one. And then it just like 
but that's the vibe. Like when, when I told friends that I was taking a month off of social media, not one person didn't have a response such as I wish I could do that. I'm so jealous. I need to do that across the board. By the way, you can. Like you can do that. But I I really am curious about if you can speak to social media in particular. And it's a very layered thing because A, we get to connect with our friends. B, we get to explore anything we're interested on. C, for a lot of people, it's an avenue for monetization. There's so much. And then it's like can feed into like all our other interests and curiosities. So because of that, I feel like everyone has a very um, complicated relationship. And then that's, there's also the science dopamine of it all. Well, what, what you just made me think of is that feeling that we did get when we first got our phones, when we were really excited to, I mean, it's truly a supercomputer. Like we are gods. We can do literally anything. Like I remember when I was a kid watching Inspector Gadget, I was like, one day I'll be able to video chat. We took that excitement that we had for the future of technology in this amazing world that we were, we felt like we were creating. And then we just got way more than we asked for. Like all we wanted was to be able to have it help us remember things and have us remind us when the chicken is done cooking and to tell us when to make this phone call and to remember someone's number and how to get somewhere. And so, so, and to take photos, like that's what we wanted. What we didn't want was for Postmates to send us a notification saying there's a discount and then to have 500 other notifications in a day and see on average 5,000 advertisements over the course of a day. Like we didn't ask for all of these behavioral design hooks that have been put into us in so many of these apps. I'm reading uh, Jaron Lanier's book right now. 10 reasons. <laughs> I'm shook. Yeah. Wait, it's why? Amazing. Why are you shook? Because it's talk. I mean, it, they're basically mining all of your data to, so we lose our free will and like the information that comes into our sphere and, and, you know, everything that they can see, like what you're watching all the way through, you know, I mean, a, a litany of things that, that are so specific to you and your consumption habits that it then like forms this database of targeting us based off of that data. I mean, it's, right. it's a whole thing. I'm sorry. You're the expert. I'm just no, learning no, about this. So. No, that's, re- that's exactly it. That's really well said. I mean, it's anything that we're not paying for. We are the product. We are what's being marketed to brands. And that's why we have what we call the attention economy. So the number one most valuable thing is our attention. And the more time that we spend on their platforms, the more money they make because the more ads they sell. And it's allowed Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, Netflix, not Netflix in this case, but these kind of ad-driven businesses to be like the four most successful businesses in the world. They're, they're truly giants. And so we have to at least, some people decide to not participate at all, like Jaron Lanier. Some people don't give a shit at all and they just are on their phones all day. 
there is a happy middle where you can actually have a brand and a business that uses social media and, and email marketing and, and Instagram and TikTok. You can use these things that, that are addictive, but you're just, you use it in a way that serves you. And then you say no when, when it's time to put it down. Yeah. So that's what I'm having trouble kind of like transitioning back to. And I think Elizabeth is as well, where it's like, we went off and like we said, saw how it was detrimental to our lives. Maybe dipped back in and looked in and saw the, the illness of it. Like I literally tried to post a picture and my friend came over and she discovered me like on my floor using like the web browser, Instagram, trying to post. And she was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't know. Like I've been away from this for so long that I, I, I feel like a Martian. I, I don't know what the point of this is, but yet I can't stop. And then, you know, I just, I don't know how to get back involved without going all the way. It's- you realize that we've been living with this low grade, semi innocuous anxiety state this kind of stress, because it's the whole world. You have the whole world in your pocket that you have, anybody that you've ever met can now access you or vice versa. And that is heavy. We're not meant to be available to everyone. All the time, like 24 seven. Yeah. And so there's a freedom that we get when we disconnect and then it allows us to reset. And then when we see our phones again, like you're talking about now, like it can be scary, overwhelming. And so- so that's good that you first acknowledge that and you feel that because what I might have done back in the day is just gone straight back into the scroll to use it as a distraction from that feeling, which is not, which is going to then just recreate that cycle. So I think it's really awesome that you're kind of like checking in with how you feel about it and acknowledging those kind of un- that uncomfortable emotion. Uh, there's three, three main things that, that I'll, I'll kind of respond to on how to, how to work on this. One is you want to minimize your screen time to, your, to only doing what's absolutely essential. So how can you use your phone only for the ways that help you achieve your goals? The one thing that I think is related to the fear is, is the thought that gets implanted from social media, which is that everything in your life needs to be like shared and don't you feel like that's like the mental illness of it a little bit? And like what makes you feel unburdened when you're not on it is when you're like, oh, I can just have moments in my life with my friends and I don't need to feel like I need to like post it or share it or like just the consciousness around like thinking it should go online, I think is like a broken thought process in a way. It is. I mean, I think it's at its most basic, it's, it's work. So like, are you working right now where you have to think about your audience or are you present? And that's a battle that people have been fighting kind of forever, even before social media. Like, how do I balance between being and doing? Right. And, Ooh, and yeah. So, like, how much time do you spend doing, which would be posting and sharing, versus just being and like having that beautiful dinner set up without taking a nice filtered photo of it and putting it online and tagging? You know, Soho House in the, you know, you in the location. Makes it, makes it the worst version of that story. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first one that came to mind. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so I think there's, that's like a mindfulness practice. That's why I say digital wellness is a practice. You're not going to be physically fit if you go to the gym once. 
you have to go to the gym like three times a week or, or I think something like that. And then, and then you kind of, you, you build up a fitness, physical fitness. It's the same with practicing healthy phone habits. Like you both just checked out and reset for 30 days. If you're going to keep this up, you want to find a way to continue to get off the grid, not necessarily for 30 days, but maybe once a week for a day. Maybe what I usually do is I have screen-free Saturdays. So every Saturday, yeah. I just put my phone down and I don't pick it up. And I put my phone in brick mode, which is this auto reply that you can set up so that anyone that texts you knows that you're not checking your phone that day, it kind of relieves a little bit of that pressure. But so that, that's a practice. It's not like you do it once and then it's, it's done. Like you're, you're on this journey that, that continues. Like you, if you benefit from yoga, you keep doing yoga again. You know, it's just like, oh, I did yoga once. So the first one is to figure out what the essential, how can you use your phone? What do you need to use your phone for? What's essential? Because those things do exist. For some people, they already know what their goals are. For a lot of my clients, we actually do a goal setting exercise, which is, which is amazing. And that, that's usually how we start. But so that, that's part one. The second, the second aspect to this is you want to then break your bad phone habits. So there is often an emotional signature, an emotional aspect that, that creates the cravings to check our phone. And we're often not aware of it, but there's a typically a a negative emotion or a few negative emotions that make us check our phones even when we don't want to. It could be kind of a hidden feeling of isolation or like low self-esteem, like, oh, I can't do this. And and then so so you reach out to your phone for to feel better. And, And so everyone's got their own thing. Well, we are not trained to sit with ourselves at all. Like it's a huge problem. Before phones could have been somebody who smoked cigarettes or somebody who might have like been drinking alcohol. Like everyone kind of has their crutches, but with our phones, this is something that's in our pocket that's culturally accepted that everybody is on all the time. And so it's kind of funneled all these potential compulsions into one super. Yeah. Cause it's like before, if you like, if you were, you know, waiting for someone, say you had to like go meet someone for lunch and they were a little bit late, you know, you would just have to sit in the restaurant wait, look around, observe people, feel your feelings. Like you're just, your things are happening. Now we don't want to do any of that. So we just hit avoidance right away. Like, have you ever just challenged yourself to, if you're at a party and no one's talking to you, like just not check your phone. Like I've done that where I'm like, I can tell that I want to go in my bag right now and pull out my phone because no one's talking to me, but I'm going to just see what it feels like to stand here with awkwardly for a second. And it's like, that shouldn't mm, be an awkward party. Okay. Remember those? I, re- I remember that. <laughs> sure, sure. That BC or coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. Um, BC. I said that the other day. Yeah, like I like the avoidance technique I think is is really we just there's a there's a discomfort of our humanness that we can avoid by burying our faces in our phone. Yeah, we we live these lives of convenience. Our lives have, have just become extremely convenient and boredom is a uncomfortable feeling that we used to feel and it wasn't a big deal, but now we don't ever have to feel it ever because of our phones. And the consequences of that is it increases our stress and anxiety where the brain is not meant to constantly be receiving inputs and information. The brain actually needs time to digest that information 
and, and, and also when it comes to work and productivity, the unstimulated mind is the creative mind. So if you're constantly, if you're waking up and the first thing you do is go through all your apps, checking Instagram, DMs, email, everything, you're getting all these inputs immediately and you don't have a chance to, where, where's the time where you schedule for your outputs? Where, where, where do you give yourself the time to think and create if you're always consuming? We're also just like our bodies and our brains are containers and we can only contain so much information. And if all you're ever doing is doing that, that's also the problem is like you're going into just like overload. You can avoid it. You can push things around, but then you're just like doubling down and it's there's nowhere for it to go. It's overload, and we're we're now seeing the effects of that. And I mean, what I do is I when I go to a or when I went to a party, I would just leave my girlfriend and I. We would leave our phone in the car, or we would leave the phone at home. And it is uncomfortable for maybe the first month or so. It depends, I guess, on how many social interactions you have. But like, it is so freeing ultimately to not have that that crutch and it's phone use is kind of like we're gonna we're gonna think of phone use 10 years from now like we think now about cigarettes like if you see someone pull out your their phone they're gonna pull out your phone it's like social smoking and people mimic those social behaviors yeah yeah um and it's culturally accepted because everyone does it but it is rude yeah and it it, breaks the moment it's, it also shows that it decreases the quality of the conversation. And, and just having your phone near you increases your stress hormones, your stress chemicals. Whoa, can you speak more on that? Yeah, they call it the iPhone effect. Two kind of interesting findings. One is if you have your phone on you or visible and you're with another person, that leads for a less meaningful conversation or interaction. It ends up being more surface ascribe that to there's kind of like a low grade distractibility that's created. You're not actually fully present. If you know that there's a chance that you might've gotten that email you were expecting, or you might get an important phone call. And so you're not actually fully present. And the joy of life of being is not what you're doing, but it's being fully present for it. So that's why, you know, if you love cooking or you love gardening, it's not necessarily the cooking that you're doing that you love. It's because you're super, you're in flow state. You're like in flowing with cooking. And so you can't do that if every five seconds you get a new vibration or a new notification and then you're, you're, you're actually preventing the ability to reach flow state ever. So, and it takes about 20 minutes every time you get distracted to get back into the, the flow that you were in previously, like if you're thinking about work. So that's, that's the first, the first thing. And then the second one was, yeah, again, called the iPhone effect where just having your phone on you or near you increases your stress hormone cortisol. We're all in this together. This is like an epidemic. It's like, it's, it's crazy. But what's so, what I enjoy doing and what, what is fun having conversations like this and and working with people is that we can kind of narrow all this down into like the top 15 habits, the top 15 bad habits that basically everybody has. And then the top 15 good habits that people that are phone smart or people who practice healthy phone habits do. 
And one of the phone smart habits, and I call it phone smart because our phones are designed to be smarter than us. And, and with these kind of 15 habits, you can become finally smarter than your phone. But uh, one of them is that phone time should be solo time. Because if you're on your phone, when you're with other people, you're not really with them. You're in Instagram land, or you're thinking of the description that you're going to write. And and multitasking doesn't exist. You can't really be in two places at once. And so if you're going to be with other people, that should be phone free. And, and if you want to use your phone, we kind of say like, it's kind of like blowing your nose. There's nothing wrong with blowing your nose. It's just no one wants to see you doing it. So just go into the other room, go into the bathroom and check your phone. And, and so that, that's one of the phone smart habits that we share. So like what, what kind of results do people talk about? Like after they kind of go through the, is, do you label your practice brick as well? Or is that a different thing? Brick is the community of people that when we were throwing the events and the retreats would, would come or would be interested in coming. And so this is people who kind of want to live the digital wellness lifestyle. I'm a phone smart coach. And so I am doing it under the Brick banner. It is on Brick's website, but it's really just more me as an individual training people on the phone smart method. Can feel our audience like nodding their heads and being like, yep. I could, I could probably use just like a recalibration of relationship with, with my phone. Where's the best place to start? The best, thing to, the best first thing to do if you're interested in what we're talking about is to go onto our website and take the phone smart quiz, the assessment. This is like a five minute, less than five minute assessment that helps you figure out what your relationship with your phone is. Do you have low conscious control? Do you check your phone compulsively? Where, where are you at? And then once you have that score, I, I can share ways on how to improve that score so that you can actually love your phone again, be effective at work, be super creative, supercharge your productivity. And, you know, this is the phone is really just the lowest hanging fruit to in your obstacle to, to live a great life. It's not really about the phone. It's really like, how can you, life is short, right? Like life is moving really fast. We've already been in this pandemic for five months. Like how are we spending, how are we spending our time? And if you're spending five hours a day on your phone, which is the average today, that's two and a half months out of your year. Whoa! That just gave me gross, horrible chills. Yikes. So how do you want to be, is that how you really want to be spending your year? Right. So how we spend our time is the number one most important thing for being effective in our relationships, at work, in our career, whether you're a creative or a professional. And so many of us say, yeah, I'm like on my phone too much, but it's not a big deal. Like everyone, everyone is, or I, I don't feel very productive. But if you can just cut out some very basic behaviors that are keeping you from having a full productive day, like you can just very quickly jump over everyone else that's still on their phones five hours a day. It's very shotgun approach and it's very kind of, 
shooting in the dark. There, it's, it's not targeted at all. And so you end up wasting tons of time and months and ultimately years ineffectively when, when just because you haven't actually prioritized what, what do you want to achieve in this short life and how can you then use social media or your phones to help you get there effectively and you cut everything else out? Yeah, I think like the notoriety aspect of it makes the stakes feel really high and makes it feel really important. I genuinely like I have, especially after this month, when I talk to friends and they speak about Instagram, like it's this real ecosystem of like things and, and reality. I I genuinely want to be like, I can't continue this conversation. Like it's not a real thing. It is an alternate reality. Right. It's like, um, Sims. It's the Sims. Yeah. It is a constructed, (laughs) if, if Instagram were to go down tomorrow, you know, where do those followers exist? Where, where do those photos exist? In my heart, they exist in my heart. (laughs) My followers are with me always. (laughs) And this isn't to, to, I think it is an amazing tool for communication and connection and your, and growing a brand. And I think that, but it's like not everything. It is a portion. And I'm really concerned for the the school of thought that looks at it as something larger than that. Yeah. There's alternate reality and then there's real life. And how much time are you spending in these on Instagram, building this brand in this alternate reality? And how much time are you spending in real life? Because if you're able to enjoy the time you spend in alternate reality and and you enjoy your real life, then there's not a problem. But if you're replacing your, the real world and focusing only on this alternate world, is that really, what do you have left? What is that really the life that you want to live? I definitely feel like on a subtle level, like the thing that I noticed the most from not being on Instagram is that like, I feel more full in my present experience because I'm not like feeling like I need to share it or give it all away. And also like, there is just an energetic component to like opening yourself and exposing yourself to so many different people and so many different things all the time that does like weirdly reverberate on you on a subtle level. And I just like, I notice that I just feel more like contained and secure without having that in my field, like all the time. I know that you talk about um, through brick doing like a one day phone free day and you recently launched a kit that provides five items for that support this concept. Can you talk to us about what the contents of that is? And that sounds, sounds great. Tell us more. Thank you. That's so perfect. Cause that's the third component to that. So the three main things is you want to use, yeah, you want to basically just use your phone, minimize your phone use. So you're only using it for the essential things. And then you want to break your bad phone habits. And we, we, didn't fully get into that deeply, but it's basically understanding what your urges are to check your phone and then breaking those urges, which we work on together. And then the third step is having a practice of getting off the grid and, you know, for, for what people call digital detox or a dopamine detox, or some people call it a digital fast or a text uh, Sabbath. I mean, there's a lot of hashtags, but basically it's a phone free screen free day for 24 hours 
And there's nothing like it because, I mean, you, you both know, cause you, you did it for 30 days, but going completely off the grid for one full day, once a week, ideally is the one simple thing you can do that is just refreshes you, remotivates you, boosts your creativity. If you've been feeling kind of stuck creatively or unfulfilled, if you're feeling burnt out, I mean, it really just invigorates you with, with life. And, and every time I do it, I just get, it reminds me how, how amazing it feels. And so we created this kit, a physical kit, that are all of the five items that you need, the five essential items for a phone-free day. And we call it the phone-free essentials kit. And it has a disposable camera because you want to take photos on your phone-free adventure. It has an alarm clock because you won't be able to use your phone as your alarm clock if if you do that. It has a notebook and a pen in case you want to do some goal setting or journaling or kind of checking in with yourself. And you get this creative insight that that almost without fail, I, I get a creative insight that I just kind of write down five pages, you know, like a crazy, just like a download. Yeah, because your you're fucking center of your head isn't being zapped by your phone. Yeah, you finally have the time to, you know, what is creativity? Creativity is taking two ideas that are not connected and connecting them through a third thing. That's, that's a new idea. The third thing that wasn't initially connecting them. And so you need the time and the space for the brain to, to be in its default mode, they say, to, to do that. And then there's also a little activity book that, that is called 200 Things to Do Without Your Phone because often when people do decide they want to put down their phones or get off the grid, the first thing they say is like, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. What do I do now? Yeah, like, I wait, what am I gonna such do now? a zombie. I have no idea yeah. what move to make like, next. Yeah, uh, like I don't even know what to do out without my phone. So this is yeah. 200 completely different activities from like amazing outdoor adventures to low-key self-care, indoor kind of casual things that can kind of spark an idea. And, and so yeah, so that's in the kit. That's so fun. I'm excited that we that. have it. How fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like there's so much to this conversation. This feels like just the beginning. Thank you so much. You're really validating what has been yeah. in our hearts yeah. and minds for quite a while, especially really solidified as the pandemic happened. And it really felt like our screens were the only portal we had to existence and um, being able like to... It. Being able to break that cycle has been a really major gift for both Steph and I separately as business partners for this show. It brought on like this whole new vision for like where we want to take our production company and our podcast and everything. And it's just like it in, it infused like this breath of fresh that we really needed. Love that. So yeah. It's, it's been great. So we highly recommend it. Yeah. that I mean, that's huge. Like you have just... You can make, you can get the eagle eye view when you step back from everything. If we're Mm -hmm. just so focused on getting through our emails for the day, we're always just focused on the minutia of life. We don't give ourselves time to look at the big picture. Well, it felt like if there was ever a time to do it, July of 2020 felt like a really good, like an opening in time where it's like, we can just hide away for a little bit and 
it's going to be okay. I think that's so true, Tommy. And like, I just want to, I just want to reiterate, like when you step away from the, when, from, from the, from the grind and the grid and the everyday, the emails, the social media, whatever it is, there is this like crazy fear that you feel like you're missing something. And that like, if you don't, I think that's why we have like, um, you know, not, it's not like a creativity crisis, but there is something to be said about like, if we don't take time to let ideas germinate, then we don't ever get great ideas and we don't ever make big leaps in inventions. We don't ever, you know, think outside the box. And so it's like, I just want to encourage people that like, you're not missing anything. Like you're gaining so much, just you're not getting the immediate validation and you need to get over that. You need to get over the immediate validation in order to get to like the bigger thing. So many of our, of history's greatest thinkers, greatest minds, Abraham Lincoln, Winston Churchill, all, you know, Thoreau. They weren't on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Social media didn't exist, but even in there, you know, like of president, they would spend months or weeks at a time completely disconnected from the world. Totally. They just go and walk around and think and take notes and like literally download and, and congeal ideas. Like it takes time. If you want to be effective in life, as a creative, as a professional, you have to carve out the time to check out whether that's taking a 30 minute walk every day. Like that's what Freud would do. And so many other, you know, really, really prolific people. And, or once a year, like you got, you girls are doing, you take once a month to completely get off the grid and, and do that reset. It's, it's more essential than ever because we are suffering with our creativity and this epidemic of burnout and, yeah. and yeah. loneliness too. I mean, it's all connected. Yeah. So if our listeners want to check your workout or work with you, where can they do that? You can go to gobricknow.com. The free quiz is there. You can sign up for a free evaluation phone call with me too, a 15 minute call where we can decide if it, you're a good fit. And I love how on your site, you walk us through how to turn like the settings on our phone to quiet it down. And as you say, turn it into brick mode, which I think sometimes we just need to be opened up to that possibility to do it. Yeah. I just kind of thought of it as a little aside, like a fun little hack, but so many people have kind of said that they use it over the past few years. And, and um, it's kind of created a life of its own. It's the one page on the site that went viral that, you know, it's, it's cool. It's been picked up in articles and stuff. So. Awesome. That's Tommy you're is doing the Lord's so work, Tommy. You really are. Truly, truly, truly. <laughs> yeah. So important. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you much. For, great for having me. Yeah. Thank Hope you. To see you soon. Same. Off the grid. In somewhere. person. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Not online. <laughs> All right, we're here with roses and thorns. Elizabeth, you had um, you had a little jingle you just needed to get off your chest. It's the R's and the T's, yeah, you know me's. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah. If you need to find me, I'll be sitting in a tree. That's so you. I know. <laughs> off my social I've been, media, like, sitting... you know what that be? Oh shit. Um, it's a you and a me and a. We're just trying to be free. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Cut that. Sorry. I I lost focus. I um 
Flow state, flow state. I lost, I lost focus. Um, and I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry, guys. That's, we're better than that. <laughs> That's okay. I thought, I thought it was great. Um, I've got, I've got some, I was going to say that I've been climbing so many trees and I've been, I've been hanging with some friends and trying to get them to, to climb the trees. And Benji, our good friend was like, I don't need to climb the tree just because you need to climb the tree and like kind of like disciplined my like need to make everyone do what I'm doing all yeah. the time. Yeah. And then I was with our other friend, Sarah, like another time. And I was like, come on, get in the tree. And she just looked at me like with the most like mom energy and was like, I'm Benji in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to get in the fucking tree with me. God damn wants it. Wants to get in this tree with Steph. Guys, come like- on. I'm trying to have a romantic, spiritual, sexual experience in a tree. I have got roses some roses to you. Yeah, I want to hear yours first. I have three roses. Ooh. The three f- makes a tiny bouquet. Perfect. I love that. Oh, that's really cute. Um, okay, my first rose is that, um, you know, we're living in uncertain times. That's not the rose. That's the obvious fact. And in the beginning of the, the pandemic, I had gotten a card reading with Card ZB, our good friend, Rebecca. She's great. She's so amazing. And she had told me, she kind of had laid out for me, like how the summer was going to shake out as far as like romance is concerned. And, and, sh- and it was actually, you know, actually we had gone and we had seen her when we were in New York last in the beginning of the year. We were in New York in 2020, by the way. I know. Like in oh, February. I am so fond of that time. It feels yeah. like a distant memory. It was so fun. Okay. So we, we saw her in New York. She said, she said she laid out a bunch of shit that was going to happen. Then it like started happening in the beginning of the pandy. So I was like, okay, want to like follow up with her and get some more guidance. Then everything happened. And then I was like, okay, I need to go back to her and figure out like what's next. And I literally didn't tell her anything, like no details at all. I just was like, I was like, some stuff is happening and I kind of want to like get your read on it. And she couldn't have been more fucking on the money. It was insane. I have five pages of notes and I just feel like in an uncertain time, so many different variables, we can't control anything. And you, you know, in, in real life, in before times, you also really can't control everything. But now it's just like that acute feeling of like, the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. So it was really amazing to have that experience and to come away with some connection to clarity on at least one area of my life. And just the validation that I was intuiting the correct thing and that I knew why I had had these certain experiences. Just everything was so validated. So I just want to shout out her because the gift is real. And if you guys are thinking like, who should I get a reading from? Like, what would make the most sense? Like, honestly, tune into Cardsy because she knows what's up. That's so retrograde approved. The third thing, just real quick, is that I'm watching yeah. The Vow. I'm sure a lot of people are also watching The Vow. Ugh. And like, first of all, The fact, okay, you guys know what The Vow is, right? It's the documentary about the Nexium cult that's on HBO right now. And I'm just so, my favorite part of it is the fact that A, their leader's name is Keith. And B, like, stop turning a guy named Keith into a sex god, okay? He plays volleyball and wears sweatbands and is- And kisses on the lips to greet people. It's all so gross. Was my, like, 
there was a as, there's a multitude of record scratches as the onion continues to be you know the layers are being revealed but that first part I was like wait that's the red flag yeah they're like I mean I guess we thought it was kind of weird that he was kissing everyone on the lips I was like wait what you kiss that guy on the lips he literally looks like he's never left a computer lab in his entire life like what's happening He's so, I like, I know he smells like Cheetos. I have a screenshot of him on the volleyball court where he's like in his fucking sweatband with his like weird thin ponytail and people are like gathering around, like eating up his words, trying to fuck him. I'm like, late night volleyball is also really a re- like, hi guys. I couldn't imagine. If a- anyone's getting you into fluorescent lighting in a group activity after 11 p.m., reassess when someone says the way in which you know you're excelling in your self-development is that you have to purchase classes and what you get at the end is a tiny silk scarf that doesn't even wrap all the way around your neck you know that you're in the wrong place I just feel like for me the reason why I wouldn't be in that cult is because it seems like a lot of homework (laughs) a lot of homework and like a bad fabric like, do I like see if, a binder? I'm sorry. No. I'll start with a thorn. The anxiety. Anybody oh, else? Buddy. It's been. I had really bad anxiety like two months ago. And now I feel like I'm just like settled in. It's like alive and popping. Mm. However. It's Mars retrograde. That's why. Thanks to this show. You know, we've got an arsenal. We've got a toolkit. So I wanted to shout out two little things that I've enjoyed today to help help with the anxieties. My friend, Shivarasa, who is an incredible DJ, Steph, you know her too. And she just started making these amazing meditations where it's like a music breathwork meditation thing. They're on YouTube. It's called Return to Sound. She's a sorceress of sound, let me tell you. And it is just so well done and... I loved it. That's awesome. That's so I can't wait to do approved. it. I'm going to do it as soon as we get out of here. It's so great. And then also started doing like a little 20 minute jump roping a day. When you can't bring your rebounder with you to Michigan, jump rope. Just jump rope in front of your folks, friends. <laughs> <laughs> get your All of folks a sudden involved I'm having, in the rope I'm jumping. Like, this is literally, no, but really though, I had like a moment when I was doing it yesterday. I was like, I remember doing this one on this exact driveway when I was five years old. Mom and dad, do you want to play some double dutch or what? Mom and dad, I'll be in for dinner in a minute. <laughs> Just got to finish jump roping, you know, like that's, that's so the, cute. that is my full energy right now. I'm 35. Hello. I love that. I yeah. love that. How fun. It's all about it's, supporting it's your good. inner child, my friend. Think that that really, really helps if you're feeling out of balance. It's just like checking back into that stuff. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. And what do we learn today? Logging out of the social media. Bye. Try it. It's homework. Let us know how it goes. Thanks to Tommy for joining us today. Thank also, you, Tommy. we had Ambie do an incredible sound bath that's saved on our Instagram. I love how we're like sign off social media, but if you want a sound bath. Well, if you're gonna use it, go use it for good, not evil. Exactly. 
Um, no, use it to that support was great. your journey. Don't let it suck your soul out of your face. Right. And I'm not going to lie. I watched Madonna late night on IGTV or IG Live just like writing her script last night. That was night one with of the Diablo most Cobley. disturbing things I've ever watched. Oh, I loved it. I was fascinated. My, fascinated in a way that's alarming. She's like, I want a tissue. And then she just puts her hand out. And then she's well, like, Madonna. And like claps for someone. Yeah, it's Madonna, but bitch, I'm Madonna. I get it. But it's also just like, yikes, Madonna. Yikes. I couldn't cheat, take my eyes off of it. <laughs> you know what? One woman's train wreck is another woman's opus. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, we'll see you guys next week. We'll uh, we'll be here. and Catch you at volleyball at 11 p.m. <laughs> Bring your own ball, cunts. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yes, that's a retrograde.